0: The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by A Moment with Morris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. He like to <laughs> switch it up.
1: Say something, say something, say something.
0: Yes, yeah, so we talk about everything going on out here in the life and the world and the traffic out here in these streets.
1: In these streets? That's so cold.
0: Bringing you episode number sixty-five.
1: Booyah!
0: (laughs) Right across the temple. Like do a special salute out on this podcast. If you're not familiar, if you're not aware, we like do a moment in Black history. We highlighted individual, male or female, who has done something. For the people, for the cause, someone news and noteworthy, something that we should, you know, tip our hat to a time or two. Black History 365, not just in February. Right. Yes, this gentleman, uh, greatness personified in his particular craft, uh, led his high school team to 71 consecutive victories. Like led his college team to three consecutive national championship games. Uh, drafted. Before he was drafted, he was, his very first day in high school basketball, he was the best player in high school basketball. His very first day in college basketball, he was the very best player in college basketball. His very first day in professional basketball, he was the very best player in professional basketball. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, ridiculous.
1: It,
0: we make it a little easier. 20 seasons as a professional basketball player. Mm. There's a few folks that that applies to. Uh, multiple championships. Uh, not only was he great at his job, but he was also very uh, outspoken when it pertains to the community. One of the Biggest feathers in his cap when it pertains to social issues is when he uh, boycotted the 1968 Summer Olympics.
1: I think I know who you're talking about. He was a
0: part of the congregation, a part of the group of a bunch of professional athletes who banded together and, and speaking on some things that was, you know, poignant and relevant at when, the time. When Negroes used to stand up for something. Yeah. He was uh, created what was deemed as the most uh, unstoppable shot in professional basketball. Alrighty. He was somebody with Multiple championship on every level He's played Some refer to him as the captain Some of them refer to him as simply Laker Huh. Some folks knew him by his birth name Ferdinand Lewis Alcinder Jr. It's a lot of names But for most folks Shout out one time
1: to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Yes yeah, sir, yes yeah, sir, yes yeah, sir, yes yeah, sir, yeah, sir. Can, we, can we like get some Claps or something like that
0: I Eventually. think it's more genuine because it come from the heart when we do it. A clap button is cool, but we we I'm feeling it. I would clap even over a clap button No. Cause I because
1: Mister Sky Hook yes, uh, bruh. That don't even understand how he used to do what he did, and then turn around and go toe to toe with Bruce Lee as well. Yeah, uh, you remember that? He was, that act, was He was in it. He, he
0: was. was, he was fit, I mean, he was a karate kid for real. History. I, I say all the time. History does not remember people often like it should. No. Nah. A lot of people switch to the argument of uh, uh, who the goat in basketball they'll talk about They don't talk about Kareem at all. No, nah, Jordan and they make the argument, LeBron, Kobe, uh, they talk Kobe. Even Magic gets slighted Definitely. you know, in, in his ability to play all five positions in, in, in the handles for a dude six nine, Kareem still most points scored. Yes. Uh you couldn't do nothing with him. No. Nah. That sky hook was just I mean, embarrassing. And he was going toe to toe with everybody. Yeah, and he and he really set um, the world on fire when he was with UCLA. Yeah, for, uh, his very first day in college basketball, he was the best player in college basketball. That's crazy. He gets drafted day one, no to first Milwaukee. round, best player in professional basketball. His very mm-hmm. first day on the job. Did he win a championship with Milwaukee? I'm not, I'm not I want to sure. believe so. He did, that's crazy. And, and go to the Lakers and make the Lakers even better. And just just dominated day one and, and people talk about who is the greatest of all time he gets overlooked uh very disrespectfully that's i'm a laker fan but but still he gets that's still disrespectful that he just gets negated in a lot of those conversations and of course for most people there there are it's a right now type thing oh for sure so you know people are like out of sight out of mind and i think know, if he kept Lou cinder he would be getting more accolades and When he turned himself into Kareem somewhat. So he took some backlash when he converted to uh, studying the faith of Islam. And a part of that is, is that he was very vocal Mm -hmm. and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, not only politically and socially, but amongst the league as well. There's a lot of people in, in NBA circles who don't care for him personally. They respect what he did professionally. And the knowledge of the game he had, but but he was one
1: who, who was going to tell you what he felt about it. And that was in an era where, um, you know, Negroes still didn't feel comfortable sitting at Daddy uh, Daycare's table. Yeah. And now they feel comfortable. When he was
0: there with, meeting with Ali and yeah, Jim Brown, Jim Brown. And, and, and everybody just like, Imagine that conversation now, right? In the era to risk it all, when you like, look, we, you know, they let you know cause before Colin Kaepernick was Colin Kaepernick, before all that, and for some people, if you're not long enough in the tooth, you don't remember. Once upon a time, professional athletes had jobs in the office. <laughs> Tell them. So they the, have this idea where black people think now, when you' starting, you know, center for the Lakers, oh, that's a wrap. You, your mama's good, your babies is good. Keep your mistresses to a minimum, and you Man. can save your money. Back then, it was like if you was a Laker back then, if you were a Pittsburgh Steeler, if you were a a, a Yankee,
1: or you whatever. Still, as an accountant.
0: Yeah, you was, you was <laughs> working in the fields in the off season. Man. You know, you had a lot of football players working the potato fields really? and, and construction and all that in the off season. And then you came back on when, when the season started up. So back then, the idea of quote unquote getting out of pocket or or not towing the line or you know not staying in your place could have it all taken from you. Stay in your lane, Negro. Yeah, that whole just shut up and dribble could really mean look, uh, it's over. Yeah. Like you gonna keep talking all this this, you know, rabble rousing and trying to get folks all, you know, geared up and geeked up. We, we can sit you down somewhere. Hey, and trust me, they would sit you down somewhere. Yeah. I mean, because you start talking the late 60s, early 70s, throughout the 70s. And the I mean, like I said, they weren't making money like they do now. Jeez. And so the idea of saying something yeah. that could get that taken from you. You know that was a real fear, a real threat. LeBron could say something now, and they'll tell him, "All right, that's a wrap." LeBron made almost a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you got these guys get twenty million off top at twenty two. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know he 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 was very outspoken in a time when they were when people were being told to shut up, and in a time where he didn't have to speak mm-hmm. because he had got himself into a position that uh, had he told the line. They would have, you know, they, they would have kept him good. Yeah. So he could, this was a fight. He didn't have to fight. And he fought it. And he fought it anyway. And I think that that's the type of stuff that, you know, we tend to forget. You know, right now people champion and herald Ali now.
1: But they hated Ali back in the day. And, and revisionist history will Come have on, people man. tell you
0: they remember, you know, Handshaking, carrying the torch mm-hmm. at the Olympics, peace, love, nah. all that Ali in his final days. That is not the man he was he when was he
1: was called huge. a communist and all
0: type of A traitor, yep. a draft dodging
1: S O B un American. Un
0: American, all that stuff. The good and, stuff.
1: You know, it, and of it, course the great word, the N. Oh, yeah. I- G G E R. Oh, he was all thirty one flavors of name <laughs> back then. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> well here's one thing. I wonder if it was because they didn't have the black living water. This is good, dog. <laughs> I'm actually right now, people, because y'all can't see me, but you're going to see me soon. I'm drinking black water. Yeah. Like literally, I'm drinking water that's black. Yes. That tastes like water. It's ain't no flavor. It's it's what's, What is this shit? Shout out to black water. Uh, I'm actually doing some
0: PSAs for water coming up. This so is I, crazy. So I'm not going to do too much for them right now on the podcast at this moment.
1: But, I just, but I'm just, uh, i just tripping like I'm drinking black living water.
0: Yeah. You'll be seeing me, too, and doing some stuff with some water. We'll highlight them at that that given time. We, You know, we still got to work some stuff out.
1: Yeah, well, I just had it, you know, one time, you know. If we're going to go black, we just going to go with the but, water but, as but well, I appreciate right? appreciate that, yes. It's a good product. We'll, we'll yeah, but, I mean, just going back into this, the whole idea, um And I feel the the, the social encounters that we have um, as individuals, we always look at our athletes and our celebrities to do something more for us as we go through these struggles, right? Um, And I think that that was a part of the game, right? Back in the day, you you had no business not talking about the business and the struggle of the people, right? Because I feel like when you think about guys like Marvin Gaye, they were a lot closer to the struggle, right? Right. Um, Just because you was a hit-making musician didn't mean that they wouldn't drag your ass out in the studio and kill your ass, right? Birthed in the struggle. Now, you have it where the entertainers and athletes, the culture of it all, has created this comfort zone where they've made so much money to where they're oblivious to the ideas or even to the struggle of the moment. And I think... They're getting paid so much to where they're so removed for any of that. It's like, yeah, I began struggling until I got this paycheck. And I think it's done in such a way where it's counterproductive for our community, but it's done on purpose. Because if we pay the entertainers and the athletes to the point where a lot of the social injustice and the social issues that we as common folk black people deal with, that they're so out of the loop. They have such a high pay rate, uh, rate that they don't get bothered by it that we now lose some of the monies to fight some of the power to have a real engagement as you see when we talk about all the different kind of social injustice that's going on in America and certain athletes that stand up and do certain things you know the NBA players walked around with I can't breathe shirts you know we have the Colin Kaepernick's going and doing the kneeling and seeing how that works and we've looked at both leagues where the NBA kind of embraced it a little bit more NFL was like hell no <laughs> you know about yeah. it it still to me creates that division of eliteness And here are the obscure Negroes and what's being the obscure Negroes who deal with these everyday struggles where it doesn't empower us enough because we're so uh, uh, far from the tax bracket to these athletes and entertainers to where really the reality when we talk about Donald Trump. Yeah, and and, in theory, Donald Trump is all bad, maybe in their eyes, but there was once upon a time Donald Trump was one of these athletes and entertainers favorite go to white boy. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then and then also in a sense, tax bracket wise, shit, I'm going to be more for the rich with tax breaks and things of that nature to the people like myself who are um, shit, borderline poverty and not middle class because we don't fit in the same tax bracket.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. The Donald Trump thing, if you, if you look back in the 80s, he was him and Don King was was, was tight. Every, you know, shit. Larry Holmes uh Tyson all the, all those things were all, the, all the
1: rappers in the early 90s all
0: had Trump two, and a lyrics
1: uh, 2000s Trump 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 Trump
0: yeah and <laughs> where we get where and, and it's amazing that if you can reach yourself to a position to where you can price yourself out of certain problems like you're not worried about hunger, you're not worried about you know infestations or keeping the lights on but you never reach a point to where you price yourself out of uh, your humanity. And and dealing with in in this country race and dealing with still classism and problems like there's some people who become so out of touch because they get looped up into what they can purchase or they bought themselves isolation that they forget where they came from and they forget the, the struggles of the people who look like them and who still live where they're from. And you get less Collins, more Kanye's. You know, and so when you can think back to an era where you had guys like Kareem and guys like uh, Ali and, and Jim Brown and those dudes who were like, no, nah, I don't care if you want to put me on a Wheaties box. I don't care if you want a, a gold medal. I don't care if, if I just want a championship for this, for whatever. I'm still about my people. I still recognize the situation my people are in. And, and I'm still <clears throat> going to fight for them and do something for them as if I didn't have the money. And
1: because I do, I can definitely do more. But it doesn't happen. And that leads me to what I want to start um, manifesting is more Negroes who got the power, who got the access, who got the influence. Be the influencers and get your people free. So I want to start creating this uh you know, segment here on, um, you know, say something because I feel I got to say something. And one of the most controversial things I say on my own social media platform is this word that people get so upset about when I use it. I got OGs calling me. I got people and they're close to that word saying, don't call me this It's silly Negro. Okay. <laughs> All right. Silly Negro. Could I could be a silly Negro one day? You could be a silly Negro one day. Silly Negro is just basically. I was about to say break down. <laughs> <gonna> break down? <laughs> silly Negro is basically you're doing something dumb, wrong to the culture, disrespecting the culture, stupid upon stupid upon stupid, ignorant, foul, and just not thinking and using your common sense. Those so are a couple examples. Of oh, examples. I'm gonna give you the silly Negro of the week today. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this is a lesson that I want the young people to really listen to Uncle B for a second. Silly Negro of the week is my boy, Suge Knight, man. I'm just saying Suge Knight is a perfect example of what you are supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. What you're supposed to do when you make a bunch of money and, and you used to be a gangster, you get out the gangster life. Okay. What you're not supposed to do is you're not supposed to be 53 years old, still toting around, being a gangster after you made all that money, still throwing up your hood, still running around here, wilding out in front of these white folks, in front of black people and thinking that you could be gangster gangster for the rest of your life. And eventually karma won't hit your ass. No. Yeah. Now, should not, if people don't know, he was a, a the, the great. CEO, the giant, the the the, the world-renowned um, mafioso, so to speak, of Death Row, which was in the early 90s and, and later down the years, was the it thing for music. Snoop Dogg, um, Tupac, Daz, Corrupt, uh, Lady of Rage, of course, Dr. Dre, and Suge Knight was spearheaded this. Death Row, at one particular time, and some folks will probably say that wasn't really no r- real money, as I say, was worth $100 million at one particular time, right? This man, Suge Knight, squandered it all. Why? Because he chose to continue to be a fucking gangster, right? Where not only has Suge Knight lost all of the power and the backing and all the artists that he had once before, but he continued to keep himself in the shit, right? And when I mean in the shit, in the gangster shit. So with this last part of his ending of his now life, because he's 53 years old, you're about to get 28 years, and maybe you do fucking, what, 20 (laughs) <laughs> of that twenty-eight years, or maybe the full twenty-eight, who knows? Yeah. You're gonna get out about what seventy-something years old. He's already declining with health issues. This man, because he thought he was still Gangster Suge, the Suge Knight of the Defro Era, ran over one brother who actually was his friend by the name of Carter. His last name was Carter. And um, the other brother, you've seen him on um, Training Day. I think he was his name is Bone. Uh, I, I I picture his face. I yeah, yeah, that. and another brother uh, because oh, on the uh, set. the set of the NWA because he was upset about how he was depicted in the movie. Yeah. Right. So of course the shit was on videotape. Three years later, they've come up with the conviction of manslaughter. He took the deal twenty eight years. And the sad part of this whole thing is Suge Knight could have prevented all of this. He started from being a football player in UNOV to being a bodyguard for the likes of Bobby Brown and other uh, artists. And then creating to what we all know as Death Row, still one of the most notorious and greatest record black labels ever to not having anything, to not owning anything, for Interscope, swallowing up everything. And for now, Suge Knight to be uh, inmate 05453J24. And to me, with a brother that had the world in his hand and to squander it all because he just didn't choose to change his life. Look at all the people that we can say, aside to Tupac, that passed away under the death row watch. We got guys like Dr. Dre. Beats by Dre, he's doing his thing You got Snoop Dogg, fuck it Snoop Dogg is doing fucking cooking Cooking shows and doing a cookbook And you guys got like Daz Dillinger and Corrupt Everybody is living their best life And continuing to contribute And make amends to the part Of what they used to do and to what they're doing right now Suge Knight is the only one That fell a victim to his own gangsterism And now he's going to be doing 28 years And to me, that is The silly negro of the week Marion suge knight <laughs> 28 years in prison man and i think that when you look at it this is a testimony to these young people that are watching and trying to say to my say to themselves i can be a gangster and i'll i'll get out of it unscathed when you look at people like suge knight you look at people like um P. Diddy, you look at people like Jay-Z, they all had their moments where they were trying to be something probably they that they had to be in that moment. Jay-Z, yeah. you know, he was a hustler. He turned himself into a businessman. Suge Knight was always a fucking bully and always an antagonist. And when you started seeing Suge Knight start getting exposed, when he was starting to get knocked out and things yeah. of that nature, you would just hope that the guy would think and say, you know what, I've lived a good life. Maybe I can go back to the music business or do something else. You know what I mean? And all you saw was a downward spiral. And he had to know that all the stuff that he had done—that uh, uh, you know, Mister Whitey wanted to get Suge Knight.
0: Yeah, and if you're not quite old enough, because I've come to find this and it's disappointing, it's such that a lot of these young kids don't know anything about the No Limit Run, the Bad oh. Boy Era, the Death Row Records, the Ruthless Records, uh, sick with it. Uh, Suge
1: Knight and Defro owned the record industry. They, they, they didn't
0: know any of that stuff. So Suge uh, was the boogeyman of rap. Gucci's that now. Yeah. You know they call Gucci the boogeyman rap, but Suge was was uh, the, say his uh, name.
1: People would piss on themselves.
0: The reports of him dangling Vanilla Ice out of a Vegas window by his ankles to sign over the rights to his music. Uh, the reports of. Recently, uh, corrupt did the the, the uh, Breakfast Club interview where he was talking about the incident where Suge had this engineer who was messing up, and Shug drink his a, own piss. Well, no, Suge worked him up a little bit, worked the body, sat him down in a corner, grabbed a bucket, had everybody in the room piss in the bucket, and made the engineer choose between drinking what was in the bucket. Or, or getting these hands. I get these hands. And the engineer chose the bucket because he wasn't about that life. life. Uh, I know somebody who used to work over there who was an engineer at Death Row at one point. And there were stories of a, of the engineer getting pistol whipped because he couldn't, re, he didn't rewind the song fast. He had played a, a, a playback for Suge. Suge said, play that back again. And it <laughs> took him two seconds longer than Suge was willing to wait oh, man. To, to get it back and just pistol whip the engineer right then and there in the room. Every room at Death Row Records had a gun or a shotgun somewhere embedded in the walls or the side because stuff popped off that regularly.
1: So but you think really in reality that Suge Knight, if he just didn't slow down, that discarma would not be coming, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, no, I believe it would. And so for people, why I say that first is Suge Knight was, was high-ranking blood of, of, of the L.A. gang who was running a studio which was primarily Crips. Mm. So not only was he running the street, I mean for what he his influence and power, his connections with LAPD on the payroll, uh the way that the extortion rackets, the drug like Suge was was because so just, for the folks that don't really know, Suge was not just some dude like where you can say Jay-Z had done some stuff where he accrued money. Yeah. Uh Puffy had accrued public influence. Suge really had his hands and stuff. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they had all the, the cops on the payroll, all that stuff. So the fact that he didn't have enough sense when the heat was off him and the focus <laughs> lay had shifted. Lay low. All he had to do was just take his money and bow out. but, but Gracefully. Because, but because of who he was and who he thought he still was, man. he couldn't let it go. Yeah, he was getting knocked out in hotel yeah, casinos. all type of
1: shit. Yeah, yeah man. Getting shot at uh, birthday parties. And all that and stuff because w- once he was
0: exposed, man, wasn't nobody afraid of him no more. And that's everybody.
1: Like, don't be the silly Negro of
0: the week, man. That's all I'm trying to say. At some man. point in time, man, your, your time is up. But when you get guys like Suge who had so much influence and had so much, you can call it power, to really move the needle and really change things, he didn't use any of that power or influence for the
1: betterment of people. And then, like I said, you know, with that. I think he, I don't I, 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 well, just cut you off. I think he did. I, socially? I well, I mean, in a sense of, think about all of the young dudes that he actually got in the studio. What would Snoop Dogg, corrupt and Dads, have been if it wasn't for Suge Knight? Right? Okay, well,
0: well, so, well, that's a little different. Well, because if I, if you go back, they were so. Just brief music lesson. Death Row Records was the 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 birth of Suge Knight and Dr. Dre. No. Yeah. Dr. Dre left Ruthless Records. Yep. That's where you got Easy E, uh, N.W.A., all that stuff out of Ruthless. Dre left there, went to, went, started his own label. He needed uh, a little backing, and he needed to get out of his previous contracts. Yep. So Shug got him out of his contracts with Easy, uh, and used his street influence to raise up capital and really strong arm some stuff to get some stuff done. Yep. Dre, however, was the one who Snoop. Uh, Dre's half brother, Warren G., and Nate Dogg were a group. Mm-hmm. They came with Dre. 213. Yeah. Daz was Snoop's cousin. He came with Snoop. Uh, Jewel was a the singer there at the time. That was a part of Dre. Mm-hmm. So, it, it had there been no Suge, D- the death row wouldn't have had the influence it had because he made some 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 radio stations do some stuff they didn't necessarily want to he made some you know People some some some, some, do some labels do. No. do some deals that they wouldn't necessarily uh done i think a lot of those guys would have been successful but you but i don't think any of them would say that they would be who they are without should no. yeah so when i but when i talk about the influence that he could have done there's a and, and I, this applies to 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 puffy and to a lot of these dudes.
1: That a lot of them didn't use their voice and their platform to help their people. I think that they do in moderate levels because you got to remember that Puff had that rock the vote joint. Remember he did that? Yeah. And I, and I get what you're saying. But I think that the reality for me, and I and I, I believe it was probably with you, moderate right now isn't enough. I look at it as like Puff Daddy was talking about when there were some shootings that happened with police and some black folks. Enough is enough. But then it's like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, to me, I was like, all right, you said enough is enough. So what kind of campaign, what kind of launch, what are you going to do to show us that this is kind of going to be the model of how we're going to kind of change our, our narrative? Yeah.
0: And, and I look at when you make your, your money and your fortune is off of the storytelling of, of gangs, drugs and violence. It, it, I'm not going to necessarily tell you that you need to have a different career or a different content. But something else you might want to shift out there. Say, I look at dudes like... Now, Jay-Z had the luxury of living long. So, you know, he's. if you listen to his music as of lately, you don't hear any street stuff from from Jay-Z. Not really. Because he's almost 50, married with three kids, and his life doesn't reflect that. So he had the luxury of growing older. Guys like Big E and Pac didn't have. But when you get dudes like... You know, like the the shugs of the world who used what they had to get where they wanted to be. I would have just liked to see more developed back because you got guys like Dre. Dre made that money, the Beats thing. He gave his money to to USC to de- build to, to to build the the Jimmy Iovine Andre Young uh, music department. I think they butt buddies. Well, because well, here's the thing though. <laughs> Dre got the beat done, and though Jimmy that uh, uh, the deal done, and though Jimmy was a, a instrumental. And Dre's from L.A. That thing is for Jimmy. Mm. That department of, of of USC is for Jimmy I.V. That's why his name is first. Like he, he Dre's money he used to build that because that was part of the deal that Jimmy got brokered in. I would have loved to see Dre go into some schools in Compton, building music studios and programs and uplifting some of those areas You know where he's from. You know, I would have liked to see. Some more, you just some more of that. And, and for, you know, not having enough sense to get out of the game, Suge, I, I don't have sympathy for somebody who's lived the life he's lived and done the things he's done, uh, everything from beating women to yeah. having folks taken out. I The fact of the matter is calm Karma's a bitch. Real is, yeah. And so yeah. there's not really, there's no tears dropped. No, not at all. I mean, but,
1: it, it, but it's just a good case of transferring what I believe from what you've been a part of because I've done some grimy shit as well but you pay your piper and you change your life and you do better for other people that never happened with that guy
0: Yeah, that's why I look at him as comparisons comparison of saying guys where you, you shift over to dudes like, like Kaepernick where you got guys who see things that don't sit well with them and begin to speak on it. Mm. and, and you, a guy was willing to more or less just sacrifice his career for it since then uh if karma is true and it does come back around, he's have a resurgence uh, professionally, maybe not playing football, but Nike's got a full campaign behind him supporting him and his message. Uh, Harvard University is uh, tipping their hat to him for the work that he's done culturally for, for black people in America. He is being embraced in, in a lot of you know major circles. After this initial kind of wave is gone and you've seen enough incidences of law enforcement dealing with civilians, you've also seen the backlash against him as well as uh, NFL player Eric Reed for the stance that they've taken in being blackballed. As the collusion case continues, they've passed the first hump. They're on to the second phase of that case where they feel like they were specifically blocked out from a career in professional football. Which they were. Uh, but there's – so you're starting to see – If that is true about karma, that it is coming around that a guy that was willing to sacrifice the career that he loved for to speak on, you know, people in need, he's getting opportunities and getting looks again to continue to make money, to continue to thrive and to continue to move forward. So there is something to be said that just because there are some folks who are so afraid to say what they want to say and so afraid to speak on what they want to speak on because they think that in some way their opportunity will be gone. Or that their meal will be taken, Bush. but but the reality of it is, you take the guys who spoke out, the Ali's, the Jim Browns, the, the the Kareem's. Karma did look out for them.
1: Yeah, and I and I think it's commendable what Cabs uh, doing, but I just look at it like shit. Can I get a check, Nike? <laughs> There's been a lot of fuss that because of. Um, are marching, are protesting, are putting this bigotry, this racism, this police brutality, police terror on the front line, the front news, social media outlets, risking our lives, um, being on the front line, and um, you know what I'm saying the war zone, uh, ground zero, so to speak. That it actually gave an outlet for uh, Colin Kaepernick to emerge to kind of do something that uh, some people look as heroic, but I just feel that it was probably his duty to step up and stand into this whole thing, right? You know, yeah. um, He missed an opportunity to um, play something that he was passionate about, but some would argue and some would say that his years were coming to an end anyway. Some will also say that um, he never was um accepting of what the 49ers were giving them and that was a ploy to kind of get out. So it's turned into something bigger. Um, I definitely believe what he's doing in his heart. I, I can't speak from his heart, but I would say from the rear view of it. That I believe he's doing the right thing for the people, but I sometimes, I kind of like, eh, you know, Nike's kind of giving them this this big platform and kind of the kudos and everybody, Negroes, because that's what we do. We get so stir crazy in the moment, and we're running around here getting Nike and buying Nike and supporting Nike in the same sense of it. It's like, yo, Nike's going to win. Regardless of the circumstances, right? Because at the end of the day, they still got that football contract signed, right? They're not, the, the, Nike is not going to all of a sudden get NFL to just turn their back in the midst of the contract, right? Yeah. Another thing is um the black athlete, is, let's be very clear, has been the one that has created the Nike brand. Nike could have been created by Phil Knight, the white guy, but the brand of Nike has been on the back of black people. You look at Michael Jordan, you look at, um, The situation with 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 players like, uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., you know, you look at uh, some of the new younger guys like Kyrie Irving, you know, I'm saying Paul George, there's just a line of individuals that have kind of risen up the Nike stock. Uh, Just perfect example. Uh, Nike had a, 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 a golf uh, section when Tiger Woods sprung up, and they had to eliminate the whole golf piece because Tiger Woods was no longer relevant. <laughs> right back now, they, it was, uh, ready, uh, I don't know about that, but I do believe that. All kudos to Colin, but sometimes I, I hate it when they find that figure that they can sit there and say, "Well, because of you, Colin." All this has happened. No, it's not because of Colin Kaepernick. It's because people that have sat there and risked their lives have lost their lives. Not just the people that have borne the fruits of it, but the people that have actually become the victims of police brutality has given him a platform to do what he's doing. So saluting Nike is horrible. Continuing to sit there and I think collaborate with Nike as if Nike is going to do anything more than what they're doing publicly i don't see nike coming in in these communities that are being riddled by poverty i don't see nike coming in here uh, um really challenging uh uh, you know police unions what because i mean nike got the power to to kind of you know create some lobbying to say hey you know what what, what, what's the traction of why these police are running rogue is because of police bill of rights so what has nike really truly done Right? It's great because we've always had these great symbols of leadership, whether it was Colin, whether it was Muhammad Ali, whether it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but what gets caught And the whirlwind of these these, these notions are the people that are putting in the legwork. And I think the people that are putting in the legwork, I have yet to see Colin Kaepernick come down to Sacramento and expose his great uh, uh, lineage of of, of what he feels we should do and how we're supposed to move and how he operates. Yes, the man got to still make a living, but I don't look at it as like poor, poor Colin Kaepernick. You did make that choice.
0: Well, yeah. to, and I'm not even a huge college. I wasn't a fan of him as a football player. But for some of the stuff that he's done, I will say that he has gone. He hasn't been to Sacramento, but he has gone to some Northern California cities yeah. and, and spoken with uh, administrators when it comes to school programs, students, as well as law enforcement agencies. So I I do give the credit. Of, I, he may not have been here, but he has been places. Uh, as for Nike. I, yeah, if, if people remember, if you think back a little bit, Nike used to be a middle-of-the-road shoe apparel company. Like, back in the day, if you remember long enough, in the 80s, it was all my Adidas. You know, they were competing with Reebok. They were still competing with, with FUBU. Not FUBU, with uh, Puma. <laughs> you know, Puma was was, was was hot back then. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like, they still had Pony. Like, it was, you know, Nike wasn't just this standout company back then. But they did have enough presence of mind to put their money on Jordan and smart move. And that was, that was definitely talk the, about payoff. Definitely. Definitely. They put the money on Jordan and from Jordan, you know, they, they put their money on tiger. They put their money on Serena. They put their money on, on, on Griffey and they put their money on a, on a host of other black athletes because they recognize what side of the bread that they toast is buttered on. So for them, it's a smart win. It's a smart business uh, move. I'm not so much too big on the fact that they gave him some money in a campaign. I'm I'm optimistic in the fact that other people will see that there can be light at the end of the tunnel and not be silenced. Because if you're somebody coming up and you're thinking, man, if I say something, my career is over or my opportunities are gone then it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to stay in the pocket, and I may not be talking about millions of dollars. Mm. I may be making 60000 mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But if I see somebody who was willing to speak up, and I saw some prosperity for them, I saw that there was still other opportunities that may make me a little more inclined to feel like I can speak up. So I don't necessarily care so much about Nike as the entity for that reason, but I think the idea of seeing somebody who spoke up Still getting a lick on the back end Mm -hmm. can get some people a little more hope and hopefully a little more courage that they speak up for wherever they are right now.
1: Well, and I I think that that stuff has happened, you know, but let's be very honest. um, Coming on this side. I think that even before Colin Kaepernick, people that have been in movements, a lot of people that have been in movements, let's look at guys like Sean King, um, a guy like D. Ray um, from this Ferguson piece. You know, these guys became um, very popular in in, in their activism and are now go to's. Right. You know, Sean King just came out here um, during of the midterms and was pushing for you know uh Noah Phillips this guy that was going against the DA that we currently have that got reelected, and um just watching the immense influence that he had right and I know he's getting a check you know what I'm saying I'm not gonna be let's be very clear there's some people that have come out of the fog in their activism that has been able to make good lives for themselves so I don't really think that Colin Kaepernick is kind of the resounding. um model of that because i think it's always happened i mean even even, yeah but even in the sense of like martin luther king you know i don't think he was broke doing the stuff that he was doing no but uh, i'm talking about so true if we go back to the 60s that's that's different that's what i'm
0: talking about what you are you are you just specifically talking about other athletes no no, what i'm talking about is this is a particular example Mm -hmm. not the only example you got guys like sean
1: king they built their career off of being outspoken Mm -hmm. So yeah, but it took a moment though that okay, actually ex- exposed them for the public t- to like the national public I, to I see get what they're. But
0: my point is, if you're somebody who built your career off of this, this is what you do. There are people out there who that's not what they do. They just see something and something hits them on a given day. So you may be in your career for a decade and all of a sudden it hits you. You didn't. You're coming up being outspoken, being vocal about things. It's not who you've been. There are people who transition into it later and they find themselves conflicted. Should I speak up because I'm worried about what that could do to my position as opposed to the person who came up into their position being outspoken? So for the people who didn't come up that way and that's not been their makeup, their life, and that's not who they're known as being. I think that that could instill a little bit of hope or a little bit of optimism, or a little nudge to say, maybe it is okay if I talk. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe I'm not going to risk and lose everything. Because there is somebody, even if it's just this guy here, who I've seen it win for someone. Because when you're somebody, and only you see is people taking losses, if you're the type that's timid, or you need a certain degree of safety or security, you're not going to go. There are certain people who will blaze a trail regardless of who's been there before. And those are people who are just like, well, let the chips fall where they may. But we got a lot of middle of the road and timid folks. So I'm, I look at it as the representation of a guy who didn't come up being outspoken. He wasn't that brash, loud dude. He was quiet, then spoke, and then there was still a little something for him. for those people. I think he could be a benefit.
1: No, mm. yeah. I mean, I I I, I see where you're saying and your point is, but I honestly think that you know the reality is for most people, um. They misunderstand the message. They get more enticed because I've watched it. People have paraded around more about the Nike, right? More about what Nike has done and focus on the issue that we're discussing. Almost in the same way to where Colin Kaepernick has not said nothing negative about veterans. He's not even really saying he's anti-police or anti-American. But what he has said about the Pacific... um. You know, imbalance of black people being killed by law enforcement. Right. It just doesn't make any sense where we've gone away from the issue, just like how Donald Trump has tried to make people look at it as no, he's being unpatriotic, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's disrespecting our flag. No, Negro. He's sitting there talking about. The um, damn police killing black people, black people have just kind of engaged in. I want to buy Nike and support Nike because yeah. not even engaging in the actual reason why Colin Kaepernick and Nike is kind of, um, you know, supporting Colin Kaepernick. We're not even getting those people to rush to the poll. We're not getting those people to do votes. We're not getting these people to stand up against the police and, and, and ask questions uh, uh, towards their chiefs or, or ask a questions to their politicians where these things are happening. We're not even getting that engagement. I think people are more falling in love with the celebrity of it and the trend of, yeah, Nike standing up for black people. Let me wear Nikes, not actually standing up for black people and building with black people. So I also... Love the fact that they did what they did, but again, I think the message have been miscued and people are losing the direction of actually why and what we're actually doing. Because my idea is if I'm seeing that this person is uh stopped his career for a bigger cause, I want to know what the cause was. Want to identify that cause and figure out how can I help the cause. Helping the cause ain't buying (laughs) Nike. You know, I just it just that's just not my thing. Yeah, well.
0: They call them sheeple. Would you call them sheeple? The
1: term is sheeple. Okay, sheeple. I'm thinking that you made up a word right now. No, the term is sheeple.
0: Sheep, people.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely know the sheep.
0: And so there is a a group. We ain't going to put a percentage. There's a group of people out there who are. They are uh, chasers. They're they're chasers of an idea. Chasers chasers? of a moment. Not necessarily clout. Just Sometimes it's just a flashy object. Okay. You know, there doesn't have to be anything miraculous or amazing about it. It's just flashy. Yeah. You know, kind of like you put a little light pin on the wall and watch the cat run full speed at the wall trying to figure out what this light bulb they, There, There is that group. And there are those who will, uh, as soon as they hear something they don't like – Hate that company. F yep. them. Yep. Forget this, whatever. Yep. Same thing. They did something nice. They're the greatest company on the world. Yeah. They're this, that, whatever. He <laughs> said this with a knee. Man, hate him. Boo him. Everybody who looks like him. Yeah. He helped this person out. Greatest person ever existed on the planet. Those yeah. are sheeple. Those are people who just, lemmings, just go with whatever the the, the wave is at the time. They and I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, and I recognize those people exist. There's, there's a good number of them. I only look at, I address that, what I saw in there for me. You know, to me, that's something that was a, a germane takeaway. Mm. Uh, I also recognize that uh, I see things differently than folks. Do to us, and, and and so, yes, yeah, and so, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I, I recognize there are those people who run. A, realistically, I've had stock in Nike for a minute, so shop away yeah. uh, if you want to go ahead and get some shoes, get some t shirts, some yeah. some hats, knock yourself out. Um, that that's <laughs> I mean I just because it just it just
1: I mean you know uh, because still at the same time as as we stand with Nike I mean Nike still got its own labor uh, issues that they got to deal with oh yeah right? they've been swe- having sweatshops for forty years so I so. mean <laughs> why like significantly what are we really standing up with Nike for I just get tired of the notion that Colin Kaepernick did something so um, riveting as if it if it again. If it wasn't for the people risking their lives every day to create that platform that even gave him the opportunity to stand in his position as he is right now, we wouldn't even be talking about this situation. Right
0: yeah, now. and people have to remember too. So there there's a figurehead and a face of things. And so you get a Colin Kaepernick who is the face of the movement. Is he really the face no, no, of the no, movement? No, no, no. follow me. Is the face of this movement of uh, NFL players kneeling in the okay, that's in the NFL. Yeah, okay. That—that's the movement. Yeah, that's okay. So, uh, most people couldn't pick Eric Reed out of a lineup of three. Mm. The other 49er who was kneeling right along yeah. with him, who was also blackballed from from the
1: NFL, and with and arguments would say it's probably more NFL ready right now compared Her, to current position he
0: is a better yes he, he was all pro he, he you could take all the, the, he's, in the he's ready to go right now. you could take all the players currently playing right now at his position of all 32 teams and you are no more than two hands guys better than him yeah <laughs> he's real. not he's not number 11 nah, not or at all. even number 10 not of course. so there, if you call <laughs> it you can argue about the you whole can situation. argue he's a middle of the road quarterback yeah. granted he's probably better than a third of the starting Which quarterbacks he in the NFL right Which now uh Eric Reed is better than two thirds yes. of the people playing his yes. position in, in the NFL right now. So he is a guy who I think is the also along the lines of closer to the people that you talk about, the, the group that you don't hear about, the ones who are doing the work and, yeah. and that, that that don't get the nod, but still get the same problems, but don't get the reward at the end. Yeah. So I, I acknowledge that there are those people too. Because Eric Reed risked it all also. Eric Reed's not doing interviews every. And he's not doing Eric interviews. Eric Reed's not on the cover of Time magazine.
1: He's not on. And Eric, he's not getting no Nike Plus. Like no,
0: that. And, and he's not. He's just getting the all-expense-paid trip to his couch in his <laughs> living room. So, <laughs> so, so I recognize that there are people out there who who do risk it all, and there isn't a payday. That's why I appreciate them seeing a win. Because if you got Eric Reed and you got Colin, and neither one of them prospers at all, there's a whole lot of folks gonna be like F that. But if you see two guys do it and one of them get kind of a lick, I think you might see a few who just like, even if it's for the wrong reason, like even if they don't even understand the gravity of the big picture. Because they don't. I think that there, I, there's still a little promise in seeing seeing staying home, studying all the time, work out for somebody, mm. being not seeing the the nice guy finish last, not seeing the the good guy never get the girl, yeah. Not see it. You know what I mean? When you see somebody mm-hmm. who was the nice guy, who did his homework, who was, took out the trash, who was nice to his mm-hmm.
1: mama, letting him end up with a pretty girl and a good job. Yeah, but I think that in this state of mind, I think that some people have, if, if I'm looking at it from a, a marketing standpoint, I look at it on what is the, the pulse of our uh, world now. and Our world is really edgy and controversy actually kind of sells. Um, bad uh, press is obviously Sometimes good press As long as you're not molesting anybody yeah. Or doing something heinous like that eh, You know A little bit of uh, uh, some, some dirt on your nails Ain't gonna hurt nobody
0: Yeah, yeah, remember They, they backed Roy Jones uh, They backed Kobe Kobe used to be with Adidas before the yeah. Colorado incident Nike took him on after And then here like, came the race case. You, no, case No, no, no They took him after the, the race case, case After the race case yeah. So, like, he, Adidas, he was done with Adidas when that happened. Right. So Nike is known for going out uh, and getting dudes but who, so have a, who, right. have a,
1: who have a certain kind of edge to But with. what was so edgy about Roy Jones? Roy Jones. I mean, besides uh, he wanted to play basketball and sing and rap, the whole bit. No, just for what he was seeing for
0: boxers, his rhetoric, the the um, stigma chin out, the disrespect, how he used to talk to people, just the brashness of, of, of the, 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 the character. He was that was, guy. Yeah, but he was just for the era and the time period,
1: he stood out because yeah. of it. And then Mike, and then you think about it when you look at it in a situation um, of like Mike Tyson. I mean, you got all these kind of guys that were edgy, that were still um, you know, marketable yeah. in the same sense.
0: So, so I mean, Nike is always they've always put their money on that guy. Like Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model. You know what I mean? Like they they, perfect example. Controversy is like it it really rocks, it really sells. That's always been their their MO. So to them it wasn't so far of a leap. Like I said, I'm just I I I would I always try to err on the side and I always like to, to see things where people can branch out. Like it gets real easy to get caught into a lane. So the idea if you were scared to branch out a little bit a success story every now and then, you know, can 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 inspire a, a certain type of person. There like I said there are some folks who were who were fence sitters and they just all it takes is for them to see one guy lose and they never try. Yeah. Well I mean so I the think same yeah. group, if they should see one guy win, it. then they then they get up and but, they I think, give an
1: effort. But, but I think the big win was people were inspired to buy Nike. <laughs>
0: That's what I yeah, I'm not speaking to the yeah, sheep. Yeah, like I said I'm, I'm speaking to the, to, to, like I said, the, the dude. Because if you're the dude that's on the fence, who's who's really gonna make something, you're probably gonna be somebody who ends up doing something. Oh, the sheep, yes. the sheep, they don't really. Sheep aren't game changers like that. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> I hope so. But out of all these things that get brought attention to, you know, a lot of people who sit there and think that if you can critique something, that you've got this, you know, people who don't use their voice properly. Colin, they tried to get on him because he was wearing the socks that said that, that pictures of pigs and he had the Castro shirt. Sensitive. And so they're trying to say that, you know, we, we have to discredit his 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 rhetoric because of those types of things. And, and I think that if that's the case, then we need to be consistent with checking everybody's rhetoric. Because we had an issue out here where where we live in Man. Sacramento, Well we had somebody who's in the limelight, somebody who's at the forefront, yes. somebody who's in a leadership position, somebody who has influence in the community uh, on multiple levels and multiple channels. His rhetoric could have led to a catastrophic incident.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you was there firsthand, so I'll, I'll let you. Uh... <laughs> this it's. Um... Re-elected Sheriff Scott Jones decided, and, and in an unfortunate um, moment, we had a sheriff uh, killed in a, in a shootout against a suspect um, in an, I don't know, an alleged dispute at uh, Pet Boys in Rancho Cordova. For those who don't know, it's an area in Sacramento uh, County, and um, as uh, many of us protesters, organizers, and uh, people of the community were um, organizing a six month anniversary uh, protest in front of uh, the convention center because the police officers all kind of. Uh, congregate in this kind of training at the convention center for the week. And since it's been six months, was so September 18th where Stephon Clark has been murdered and we still have no answers. The DA still hasn't allegedly picked up the case to look at the case. We don't have any answers on what's going on. What are we going to do move further? Um, Scott Jones in a, in a bit of, of I won't say rage because when he watched the video, it's on my facebook he was very uh, uh tactical about it and he was chuckling as he said if you want to support the police officers they're doing protest the protesters they're doing a protest against us law enforcement support us that way basically telling trump supporters white supremacists uh um, you know pro-american pro-police and um Anti black lives matter, anti black people, because they feel like a lot of us are anti police to come down and to shoot your shot. And what ended up happening was um, something that if you live in Sacramento, you wouldn't believe it unless you saw it. You had a bunch of Trump supporters, uh, you know, fascists. You had, uh, you know, just racist white goons on one side and a lot of us uh, organizers protesters people really confronting them but the police were protecting them on one side and was gearing up to give us the beating of a lifetime on another side so in a lineup they were their backwards face their backs were uh you know facing the uh the protest encounter the, the anti-protest encounters right yeah. And then you had them on a second line facing us. So we're face to face with police and and they're protecting those people that are here to engage and to enrage us, to, um, you know, disrespect us. And I was called everything except the N word, monkey, communist, um, idiot, go get a job. You know, all these fun things that white people like to throw at um, people of color. Um, And it was a very engaging a very uh, interesting moment and the more interesting moment of it, it it's a public official this guy Scott Jones who got reelected, who's also had a very uh, um, you know sketchy kind of uh, era in his um, sheriffing here in Sacramento that kind of imposed his will his influence to tell people to come out and really Wanted to see a bloodbath. And the bloodbath did not happen here in Sacramento. Um, thank goodness. Because I think most of us would have uh, been carrying our our, our, our our chins because police were ready. I had kind of got into it with uh, one of the, the um, protesters against us. And we engaged to we a back and forth. And when it got heated and I was revving up and and throwing blows not physically but verbally you had a whole string of police officers and horses backing me up where that horse was almost about to kick us right so it was that engagement that was happening on a constant basis so when you saw that saw that for me in sacramento it just let me know how deep the racism how deep the hate how deep um the segregation really here is in sacramento sacramento a place that they claim to be diverse, a place that they will always want to kind of hone on to um, the great race relations and a place where you are finding out is just as racist as any other racist city in the United States. If, if, if it's not the top five, <laughs> you know, just because they don't blatantly show it, it's, it's so underground that now it's no longer underground. It's on the surface.
0: Yeah. Sacramento is diverse by population, but not by uh, proximity. So if you find, if you've ever made your way to this area, I think in the city of Sacramento is about 500,000 people, but the greater Sacramento area is almost 2 million. So when you take, we have a bunch of areas right here called Elk Grove and Roseville, Citrus Heights, uh, Rancho Cordova, uh, Fair Oaks, Carmichael. We have a bunch of little areas that are surrounding for Sacramento County. Most of the people, but they're pockets. So you'll hear about how diverse Sacramento is, but it's not. And th- what we talk about the being mindful of what you say with what the uh, sheriff said was, you know, you had a group of people who were coming down to address their voices and concerns. And you more or less sent uh, gave marching orders to, to white a bunch goons. of people who were upset over the shooting of a police officer who was not by a black man. The guy who shot him looked like he was. No, he was black. Mick, oh, uh, He was black. Straight up? Oh, yeah, he's black. Hair like Prince? Yeah, he's black. I thought he was mixed or Latina. I mean, he's black. But I mean, at the point. All intents and purposes, yeah, we're yeah, going to call him yeah. black. And so you sent them down there to engage the protesters, telling them that these people are anti-law enforcement yeah. when a law enforcement officer had just been shot. Yeah. I great, mean, great, great, great leadership. Yeah, just the level of irresponsibility in that. And... I mean, we have to be mindful of these people that we put in positions and that are representatives of because that could have very easily easily went left. I mean it could have and, it and the, the other side to that is, is is watching the narratives because if you'd have watched uh, the newscast of the event mm. versus the personal recordings of the people there, totally different. And so, you know, the newscast event showed the the black protesters who were there and highlighting them. But if you saw the people who were actually there, it was a diverse crowd and probably close to half Caucasian Mm. of people who were protesting law enforcement. But those weren't the people who were shown publicly. So just as you have to be mindful of the words that come out of our mouths when we're directing towards people and the stuff that people are saying, you know, that,
1: that changing and converting and controlling the narrative is very real. And the thing about it is we cannot trust white media to speak of a black narrative that's positive. And um, as many times as people may see me on um, you know their media outlets, I am... A voice box for my community but i always speak in this unapologetically black tone so at times what i thought was very um interesting that me on the mic at that time those people that usually are interviewing me they moved away from interviewing me because i would have sat there and blatantly said it Hey, scott jones created this yeah right and like like let's let's put this in uh, in, in real content this is what he wanted He wanted this. We're here peacefully protesting about something that you guys know. We as a people have been waiting for six months and we've got nothing. So this has never been a story about us against them. It's been a story about what the hell is going on with Stephon Clark's case. And then on top of that, we have two more murders. Uh, Brandon Smith daryl richards right and daryl richards just happened about a few weeks ago yeah where this 19 year old kid was 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 murdered by swat and then they'll suggest that oh well he had a gun he had a pellet gun and at the time that you guys killed him we still from the body camera don't know what happens because the body camera magically wasn't on or something happened where you can't see the actual content if daryl pulled out a pellet gun in front of the police to where the police were such a danger they didn't know if it was a real gun or a fake gun they didn't know they was getting shot
0: they didn't find that until after the fact Uh,
1: you know it's all these different things so what he created was this idea that during this time of tragedy for the sheriff that we were actually still protesting and didn't care is if this police officer got killed Like that's the kind of energy that he brought.
0: Yeah, and you also have to remember, i say all the time, the Kansas City Shuffle, where where you make them look left and you go right. The place – what those law enforcement officers were down at the convention center for, you had representatives of law enforcement from throughout the state. Yeah. And that's – what kind of look is that for you as sheriff? That you've got representatives from up and down the state for law enforcement and you've got protesters outside this building mm. telling asking for questions and demanding things of you saying that you're not being up to par on your responsibilities and transparent with what you said and this that and the third it's not a good look not at all and if you're not in a position to deal with that an easy way is the kansas city shuffle because here's the deal if i have these people come down and protest the protesters What is the focus? Two groups of protesters. Ain't nobody asking me nothing, nothing. And so then it turns into I need to address this concern with these two types of opposing forces. So we need to put the focal point on that so I don't have to field any questions about this Stephon Clark situation, about what's going on with the D.A. not returning calls or emails or letters or Carrier pigeon messages that keep showing up at her desk. I don't have to be involved in any of these other shootings. We're not going to make that the focal point. We're going to make it about the officer who just lost his life. Yeah. Proud citizens yeah. who are supporting law enforcement mm-hmm. and these troublemakers out here who yeah. do not respect authority. or anti-American, anti-police, and anti-everything. That is the Kansas City shuffle. And that's what you do when you not really, really stand
1: in front of the fire and deal with the job that you took on. It is unfortunate. Um, the times that we're living in, um, when you are publicly seeing this over and over again. You're facing it. You're dealing with it um, on an everyday basis. It makes you cringe. It gets you frustrated. But, you know, we held strong. I mean, a lot of the community came out, um, supported, and we know that we weren't out there, you um, Uh, protesting the or celebrating the death of somebody in law enforcement i mean some probably cared and some probably didn't care less i mean but at the same time what i think is so funny and ironic is whenever a police officer dies in a line of duty they're celebrated but when a black person dies in a line of a police just uh, jumping the gun or being a hero for whatever uh kind of hero he's trying to be at that moment you don't ever ever hear law enforcement speak upon the ills or or the tragedy or it's being highlighted like damn we just lost a a citizen you know it's just like wow black guy got shot by the police what was he doing wrong (laughs) and that's just kind of like life here in um sacramento but that's also life as a a black person in america these are things
0: that we need to make sure that we're drawing attention to and that if you get the opportunity to stand up to not necessarily uh recognize that it may not be the easy road. There will be times when speaking your peace and speaking what's on your heart may come with sacrifices that may be monetarily, ultimately that could even be your life. That's just sometimes the cost of doing business when you're trying to speak the truth and, and speak what you believe in. But with those consequences on the table, in order to move the needle and to have any kind of change in society and dealing with people and narrative and, and policy, somebody's got to stick their neck out there. Somebody may have to be the face. Somebody may have to do the dirt that they never get the recognition. But in any way, shape or form, not only along with doing something for, to create a positive change, we definitely have to start off by saying something. Yes, sir. This is the Say Something Podcast. I'm Jermaine Morris with Barry Axios. Where can
1: folks find you online, sir? Barry Axios on Facebook as well as Barry Axios on Twitter. And IG at Team Void. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every
0: other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. This has been the Say Something podcast. Yes, sir. And until next show, holla. We will holla at you later.